We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Again, we've got plenty of news in the NBA to get through. First quick reminder, do subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office Show YouTube channel or over on the podcast side on Apple Podcasts. Also, check out our Clips channel. I'll put the link in the description below here on the YouTube channel. Trying to get that one up over 1,000 subscribers. If you wouldn't mind going over there and hit that subscribe button on the Clips channel. Again, I'll put the link in the description. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man, and I, and I want to start by saying uh, welcome home, Brittany Griner. Yes. Uh, great, great news this morning that uh, you know the, the United States was able to secure her release, and she is. Uh, I don't know if she's home quite yet, but I know headed home. Mm-hmm. At least they they said uh, headed stateside. I, so last I saw, I think she is back on. Is she? at this point? All yeah. right. Good stuff. Yeah, I know. Great, great news to hear, you know, that that, that was done. It was uh, nearly a year, uh, mm-hmm. that, I think 293 days, I thought I saw this morning yeah. uh, with that. So, you know, well, welcome home, Brittany Griner. Good, good work by all. And, uh, and you know, that's, the, that's as far as I want to go because anything else is just going to get us yelled at and people are going to be mad <laughs> and everything else. But, you know, anytime we can get, get somebody home, it, it's good news. Keith, you want to know how, this is kind of funny, how I found out about the Brittany Griner uh, trade? How's that? Rob Palenka was trending on my Twitter <laughs> because a trade went down uh, and everybody on in, on my in my Lakers world started tweeting about Rob Palenka and whether or not he would have been able to get the deal done. And so I, I'm uh, like, why is Rob tr- Rob trending? What happened? And by clicking into that, I found out Brittany Griner was was coming home. That's that's the world I live in. Kate. Nothing that, is sacred, man. Like pe- people, uh, nothing is sacred. No. They, they will turn anything and everything in, into a joke. But yeah, it's uh, you know, for like, for basketball related, the Celtics absolutely curb stomped the Suns mm-hmm. last night. I mean, just went went into Phoenix, and it was one of those games where you could tell by the end of the first quarter. It was Boston was going to roll. They they just came at Phoenix in waves and just kind of got really whatever they wanted on offense. They're locking in on defense, and uh, you know the, the, things are pretty bright in Celtics land right now. Uh, I mean, looking at the Suns, not not so great. They got crushed by the Mavericks the game before. Got mm-hmm. crushed by the Celtics. Is that what? What do you attribute this to? Is this just a blip on the red? The Suns have been pretty good over the course of the season. But there's those kind of lingering concerns that this is the kind of team that folds when the pressure's really put on them. Is that do we have? Is this an indication of that? 
I feel like that's maybe a little little unfair. I mean, okay. they did make the finals two years ago, so I don't want to go quite there. But yeah, I mean, you got to start beating good teams too. You, you can't just load up on beating bad teams. But I still think they're a really good team. I think you know this one was Chris Paul's first game back. He was clearly rusty. The timing yep. was off. It didn't look great for for him. That'll get get sorted out, and then they'll they'll play better. I you know if I had to put him in. You know, a bucket, I'd put them in a mix with, you know, four or five teams in the West. It's, the West is just so compact. I mean, it's only four games between one and 11 yep. uh, in the Western Conference. So that's, you know, tells you basically, you know, everybody's still kind of got a chance there. And and that 11 takes you down through the 500 teams in, in the conference. The Timberwolves right on the outside uh, looking in on the playoff picture or play in picture, I should say, at 12 and 12. So right. uh, it gives you a real sense of, you know, where, where things are at in the West. Which is what we expected coming into the season the west was sure. going to be absolutely brutal and with the jazz playing better than expected it's only gotten even more so even there's going to be multiple teams that are that may finish above 500 yeah. that still even win the with the play-in tournament don't make it into the postseason in the west yeah Whew, it's going to yeah. be crazy um, it's going to be tough one of those teams will fall you know and something will happen and they'll yeah. fall completely apart but yeah it, it's it's going to be tough i think it, it's very funny i was asked this today on the radio mm-hmm. and i said i think the east has the the best teams at the top and then i think the west is best like basically all the next group and yeah. then the east has some teams that need to step up if they're going to move up into that kind of upper, upper echelon but yeah we'll see if philly does brooklyn they there's there's a chance that they may uh, still have quite a bit to say on where they end up as teams all right, I want to stick with, we were just talking Celtics Suns. Let's stick with your Celtics. Robert Williams back in 10 to 12 days. This is oddly specific. <laughs> why, why would they not just say two weeks? What's going on here with Robert Williams? Yeah, well, and, and not only that, but, but Woj said 10 to 12 days, and don't be surprised if it's sooner. And I, mm-hmm. I talked to someone, and they said he's not on the West Coast trip for for nothing. Uh, you, you don't, a lot of times an injured player, especially one that's getting close, you don't bring them on a trip because you prefer leave them home, let them do their rehab work, let them get all their work in. And then, you know, they'll rejoin kind of their teammates when they get back to, to the home city. And in this case, Williams is there. I, I'm not ruling out that he plays by by the end of this West Coast trip. They've got the Warriors on Saturday. Uh, by the way, first uh, Saturday showcase on ABC. Uh, that's the first, first uh, big Saturday night game with college football, more or less wrap, wrapped up um, in, as far as the regular Saturday games. And then they've got the back-to-back next week with the Clippers and then the Lakers uh, in, in the back-to-back. So He will we'll, play we'll... Tuesday against the Lakers. <laughs> May, quite, quite possibly. That, and, that has been the Lakers' luck. We were talk, just talking about this. They got yeah, they right. they hit this East Coast trip just in time for the returns of Chris Middleton, Pascal Siakam, Joel Embiid, James Harden. Um, there was another one in, in the mix there too. Anyway, they they've been hitting all of the big returns lately on this this trip. So that means he is going to play Tuesday, December thirteenth. There, I would not completely rule that out. Now, I will say this. As somebody asked, like, would you bring him up, bring him back? They're playing so well. Would you give him a few more weeks? And my thing is, if he's 100%, play him because there's no reason to continue to wait if he's 100%. If he's 99%, if he's 99.9%, no, wait. 
Wait till he's 100%. You don't need to bring him back. But once he's ready to go, he's ready to go. Get him in there. And then you got to be very careful with him the rest of the way. I would be very surprised if he plays back-to-backs. I'd be uh, surprised if he plays much more than 25 minutes or so um, as he's building building his way back up. He'll probably start as low as maybe 15 to 20 minutes, and then they'll build him up. But, yeah, you, you, you can afford to take your time because of the fact they've gotten off to such a good start. But once he's ready to go, put, put him back in the lineup. There's no reason to continue to wait yeah yeah absolutely absolutely uh on the trade front well all right let's do another injury because i don't want to do a bunch of negative injury stuff at at the very end before we get into the trade front desmond bain out three to four more weeks still dealing with the big toe issue this man desmond bain heal up he's so much fun to watch out there makes memphis so dynamic on on both ends of the floor like they're a good team regardless but um would love to see him get back on the floor sooner rather than later yeah, without a doubt. I just did radio in Memphis, my weekly uh, Thursday radio spot, and they, they're big fans of the front office show, by the way. Is, oh, uh, fantastic. You know, I, which I love. Yeah, and they, they always pump pump to show up when I uh, appear each Thursday. But one of the things I talked with them roughly three weeks or so ago when they went out, and I said, look, if this is all it is, it's you know two to three weeks. I think that was the initial timing. Then – Whatever, we move on. It's not a big deal. If it starts to stretch more than that, you get a little bit worried. And, and I've seen some stuff on social media, again, because nobody can nobody can be reasonable about anything. You got to go all the way to extremes. And people right. are like, it's a sprained big toe. He can't play through this. You know, what is he doing? I don't think that recognizes how much pushing off, how much jumping, all that stuff you're doing. Yeah. And it can be impossible. If you if you don't have, have the range of motion or you have the pain, anytime you're trying to do those things, you're not going to be able to play. So, yeah, I do think there is um, – you know, this is the right thing for the Grizzlies. They're they're right there in the West. They're they're in the, the tied three seed. With, yeah, three with Phoenix, six both sixteen and nine, and but playing well. They did get Zaire Williams back. He made his season debut uh, in their game yesterday. So they're 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 doing okay. They're um you know obviously hanging in there as best they can. But yeah, you got to get him back there because they're 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 a finalist contender with Desmond Bain. Without him, I think they're probably just shy of that. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I think that's accurate. I think that's accurate. Obi Toppin now out two to three weeks with a fractured, non-displaced fibula head. That Whatever that just that's means. that sounds all kinds it of. It sounds crazy. awful. Yeah, right? yeah, that sounds but like. Then, but like, then when you see two yeah. to three weeks, like it yeah. sounds like that's. I mean, for you and me, that we're out. Yeah, like, I'd be out two to three years. Well, yeah, we're out for the year. <laughs> yeah. But no, but still, that that sounds. You, you're better in better shape and tougher than I am. So, I don't, yeah. like that, either, like that, still, that just sounds painful. Yeah, and, and like you would, I'm surprised that it's just a two to three. I mean, good for him, but yeah, ow. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to fin- finish my online uh, uh, medical school here and do do a little bit more googling and uh, WebMD to figure out what's actually happening with this one. But yeah, I mean, and this is interesting because the Knicks, as much as they don't play Obi Toppin, as much as I think almost everybody but Tom Thibodeau would like uh, they don't have a ton at the four besides him coming off their bench. They, they, they ended up going big with uh, both Isaiah Hartenstein and Jericho Sims for portions of last night. And Julius Randall, I mean, we know Tibbs will push minutes, but he's not going to push him much past 40 um, minutes per, per night. So this is going to be interesting to see how they play through this. Cause that's, that is not a position of depth on, on that next roster by any means. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's going to be something that they're going to have to try to try to work through here. As yep. the Knicks, the, the Knicks have been kind of hit and miss on the on the season. Yeah. But now they've got to, you know, they're going to be challenged here with this one. Uh, speaking of challenge, Dejounte Murray out two to three weeks uh, for the Hawks with an ankle sprain. 
Uh, I mean, he's been really good for them. And with all the stuff that's gone on with Trey Young, obviously that's hopefully that's all water under the bridge at this point, but they're definitely going to need Trey to step up with DeJounte Murray now out. Yeah, without a doubt. They, they you know, they kind of goes back to what they were, but the challenge is what they used to be also involved Kevin Herter play, playing at the two. Mm-hmm. Now you don't have that. So so you're gonna have to muddle through that a little bit. Jarrett Culver actually stepped up and played played some of the better basketball he's ever played in, in the uh, re- recent games here. So maybe that's kind of where they go. You've got Justin Holiday on that team. But this is now DeJounte Murray, John Collins, and DeAndre Hunter all out. That's three starters. And that that's that's a struggle. And this is a Hawks team that They've been okay. They're they're thirteen and twelve. They've lost a couple in a row. They're they're but they're kind of flitting around that five hundred mark, right? It's just bouncing around there, and you mm-hmm. know, never too far ahead of it, never too far under it. So this is going to be a tough stretch for them to get through. I would, uh, you know, this might be the time to go. You know, not that people don't already have him, but you know, go go make an offer for Trey Young in fantasy because he's probably going to be bombed away for the next uh, two three weeks because there's just not a lot else in that lineup offense. I think on the fortunate side for the Hawks, they did just get Bogdan Bogdanovich back. Yes. So that will help to mitigate. Not that the, he's the, he's not the exact same player as DeJounte Murray at all, but just in terms of another guy who could step in and play the two and maybe take on some bigger minutes as he kind of gets his his legs under him and gets his wind and all of that. That's going to um, be the key. It's going to take him a week or two to really right. get his his minutes up. But, you know, then maybe then you get Murray back, you get Collins, and now all of a sudden you're rounding into form. You just keep your head above water over the next two, two weeks or so while these guys are out. All right, let's get into some trade talks here. The Knicks reportedly want to attach Cam Reddish to Evan Fournier uh, in order to make a move. Um, This is not a huge surprise. Reddish on the last year of of his deal. Of course, you'd like to move Fournier if you can. Both of them now out of the rotation for the Knicks. My question is, is Reddish enough of a carrot to get somebody to bite on taking on Fournier's contract for next year? He does technically have three years in a contract, but the third year, is a team option or non-guaranteed, as I recall. So that makes uh, it a team option. Or it, it is it a team, is option. team option. Yep. Well, yeah. in any event, you, yeah. you don't have to worry so much about that third year if uh, if he's not playing up to expectations. So what are your thoughts there? Reddish being used as incentive to try to get someone to take on Evan Fournier. It would have to be a team that really loves Cam Reddish and has mm-hmm. full intentions of signing him because he's a free agent uh, this summer. Now, he can be a restricted free agent, so you can control the process. But I think the challenge is you're taking on then, if, if you take on Reddish along with Fournier, you're taking on $18 million for Fournier uh, for this season and $18.8 million for next season. And then Reddish, you're taking on basically $6 million for this season. And then whatever you got to pay him moving forward, which is probably going to be somewhere, anywhere. I think Nasir Little's deal is the absolute bottom that's probably mm-hmm. the, the bottom of what reddish would would maybe take in a new contract and then maybe up as far as maybe the mle amount so you're talking seven to eleven million dollars next season so now you're talking 24 million this year roughly 30 million next season that starts to turn into that's a bigger investment than i think most teams are willing to wake, make so i don't think this is the carrot that the knicks hope it would be and the knicks have made a lot of noise about how they're not going to attach any picks to to Evan Fournier to, to get off his contract. But I let's see. They're sitting on some extra first rounders coming their way. They've they've got a, a, a Dallas pick that they're probably going to get this mm-hmm. this year, it seems like. Then they've got a future Detroit pick. That's uh, 
got sliding protections through 2027, uh, future Washington pick, which is lottery protected for the next uh, couple years. And then that, that slides down to being a top eight protected pick, you know, a few years out, they've got a Milwaukee pick coming their way potentially. So they've got all these extra firsts. So maybe kicking one of those over and just saying, Hey, can, can we, do this and in all those picks have the standard turns into two seconds and all sorts right. of other stuff um attached to it so i i think you know that could be something we see them do uh maybe, maybe it's you know okay take fournier in this versus giving up reddish but it seems kind of clear reddish not part of the plans we talked about he's out of the rotation along with Derek rose um in new york so the rose reddish and fournier three vets sitting that could probably all be fairly helpful to most other teams you know, you mentioned the you know, the Knicks putting out there that they don't want to give up. They don't want to attach a future first or anything like that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tis the season. Right. If, you, if you've watched around, the, if you've been just listening to kind of the chatter around the NBA, you're starting to hear every team put out there what it is that they're, they're setting that asking price high, you know, knowing that there's going to be negotiation down. Right. We're hearing the Spurs want everything for Jakob Pertle, want multiple firsts. They want a first for Josh Richardson. <laughs> yep. I'm sure pretty soon we're going to hear the Rockets want a first for Eric Gordon again because they always oh, do. Of course. They never yeah. get it. Um, the Lakers only want, they're only going to give up both their firsts if they get a superstar caliber. Well, I guess Woj used all star the other day, but in any event, that just tells you trade season is going to start heating up because teams are starting to leak out there what their starting price is for some of these guys. And of course, you know, that's going to get negotiated down. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's just how it works, right? You, you start high and then, then you move, move low. That's a kind of fundamental tenant of business. Did you know though, the trade deadline is two weeks from t- or two months from tomorrow uh, is, is the NBA trade wow. deadline fe- February 9th. So we're right. not quite as far out as it seems like it's, you know, it, it's going to come up here a lot faster than we think. I don't know when trade season unofficially opens a week from now on the 15th of December. I don't know that we're going to see immediate action right. as a spot track. When I was kind of previewing uh trade season opening up, uh, each of the last four seasons has seen a deal made within the first couple of weeks uh, of it. And not all, Huge deals. One of them was was James Harden getting traded to 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 the Nets, um, and that was in the weird calendar because we're on the COVID impacted season. But um, yeah, we we may wouldn't surprise me if we see something happen. Um, doesn't mean it's gonna be a blockbuster, but I, I think we might get some action here within the next week or so. Um, 
you know, there's a good article Bobby Marks wrote mm-hmm. uh, for ESPN about who can be traded, who can't be traded, and uh, you know all that stuff and why the reasons are and all those things. And I think oh, let me pull pull up his tweet at least so I can get the numbers right. Um, assuming I find it, seventy three percent of the league is eligible to eligible to be traded today on December fifteenth. That increases to eighty nine percent. So. So we're, we're, we're going to be, you know, basically, you know, most of the league can, can be traded starting a week from now. But I I think that that speaks to a bigger point here too, that while we look at December 15th as kind of like this, you know, uh Oh, the floodgates are going to open because so many more players are going to be able to be traded. Well, kind of like at the, you know, what we're adding, what 15, 16% of the NBA is going to now be trade eligible, which that may help. That can help open things up. Of course, if a player was in demand enough to get signed to a contract last summer, then maybe they still have value right now. But it also tells you that it's not like you've got 90% of the NBA simply can't be traded at the moment. And that's why nothing's getting done. No, nothing's getting done right now because a lot of teams aren't ready to make trades right now. A lot of teams are figuring out who they are, what they have, what they don't have, all that. Yeah, we're at the terms of the calendar we're a month in a week or so maybe what seven weeks or so into the season now uh, maybe eight weeks in terms of games played we're approaching the third mark because everybody you know 27 games is the trimester and we're we're, we're about at that um there but for the most part it's teams don't want to do much until you get to around the first of the year mm-hmm. they want to really give their team as they envisioned it let's give them a real shot but uh like for example last year a good example of the earliest trade that was done last year do you remember what it was hmm uh no or lakers what's that it involved your Lakers. My Lakers made a trade last year. See, Keith, I have repressed <laughs> last much, season. <laughs> much of last year. It's taken intense therapy to do that. Um, hey, do you have it? Do you have basketball reference like per- perfectly coded so that year's just blank? Yes. Jumps yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I, have, I have completely <laughs> uh, tried to omit anything that, that happened uh, last year and, and erased it from memory. Rajon Rondo. Um, we, oh, we that's right. Sent to the Cavs. Yep. So, now, trade of need, right? The Cavs really, really needed a point guard at that time. So they, they they made that trade. So we may see something pop up here in the next little bit where a team has a real need, and that sometimes drives it. But as always, deadline spur action. We're, we won't see the most stuff going on until we get closer to the trade deadline on February 9th. See, we've been mired in such misery that that feels like five years ago. <laughs> like that, Rondo being a Laker feels like so. I wasn't even thinking of him on the team last season, and probably partly because Lakers didn't really get a lot back in, in, in yeah. return in that trade or anything. But in any they, event, they saved tax money was was the whole impetus on that. That that was uh, the that the incentive for that deal. Uh, yeah. Before we jump to our our last trade talk here, which is about uh, Zach Levine. I've got a question for you because I, I have a strong opinion on this. Okay. Josh Hart put this out there on Twitter. And he said, what is better, the perfect waffle, perfect French toast, or perfect pancakes? Perfect French toast for me. Oh, okay. I love French toast, but only like if it's good. Otherwise, give me the waffle. Okay, so you would you would rank them pancakes three. Yeah, I'm not a big pancake guy. Okay. Okay, so this is this is great because we actually are going to be opposites on something Man, for, for a change. I've I am a big pancake person. Um, 
in California, there's a place called the Original Pancake House that's absolutely fantastic. You can get like uh, pancakes with bacon mixed in, pancakes oh, with wow. blueberries. Well, blueberries pretty standard, but all kinds sure. of different things. They make fantastic pancakes. Um, I'm a big fan of pancakes. So those would be my number one. French toast are my number two. Waffles are number three. Um, took a vacation with my wife for our 10-year anniversary and went to Tahiti, which is beautiful. Uh, you know, one of the most beautiful place I've ever seen. Yep. But what I remember are they had incredible French toast. Like that French toast would stack up with with pancakes to me. But in general, I got to put pancakes at the top of my list. Yeah, I love French toast. Well, waffles are are it, it kind of depends. I I turned into a chicken and waffles guy. I oh, okay. I wasn't really a chicken and waffles guy for a lot. I kind of preferred my waffles. Like I liked fruit on like you know throw some strawberries on there mm -hmm. do a little bit of whipped cream and mix it in and then i was like all right i'll try the chicken and waffles and i was like all right well this is amazing and you know <laughs> I, I feel like that is like like a truly like american like thing too yeah. i don't know it's now someone can will probably tell us it's not and you know some other place has been doing it a lot longer but it feels like it's like hey you want some fried chicken with already like a, a blob of fried batter <laughs> with syrup all over it yes and, yes, and butter yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, uh, yeah, yeah, pan, it's, you know, I like pancakes. My problem with pancakes is too often, I feel like they don't get cooked evenly um, okay, a lot yep. of places, and then they don't end up good. And then you get kind of like that gooey mess, and I'm not, I, I don't like that at all. Uh, that, it's got to be done right. If it's done, it's got to be done right if you're going to be like a pancake connoisseur. Um, question. What is what's leading? Did, did he do a poll? He just kind of threw just... it out there. Um, right. I think maybe it was to distract from a previous tweet that he had out where he said he stayed in Bleacher Report, called him out on this. He said, Home Alone isn't a Christmas movie. What? Yeah. And yeah, then he, it's, not... and so he got, of course, they screenshotted that and called him out and everything. And then he retweeted and said he meant Die Hard. He just, for some yeah. reason, put Home Alone. Um, which, uh, come that's... to think of it, Die Hard and Home Alone actually have some similarities. Yeah. I mean, I John mean, McClane's defending Nakatomi Plaza, Plaza like, like Kevin McAllister's <laughs> defending his house, right? True. Do you do you have any interest in seeing Violent Night? Kind of. Like <laughs> I, I kind too. of, but I will never get my wife to see it. Yeah, my yeah, my wife has absolutely no interest. She doesn't like anything that's gory. Yeah, like that. So she's like, uh, I'm out. But yeah, that's it's gonna have to be one that's gonna have to wait, and then I'll probably end up watching in like July or August. Yeah, when it, exactly. You know, it's some streaming service, but yeah, I'm I'm very interested in, in that one for sure. That that's what's gonna happen. It's gonna hit streaming. I'm gonna watch yeah. it that way. Maybe I'll eat pancakes while while there I watch you go. It. We'll, we'll see. And I'll I'll do some French toast. Maybe we'll we'll do one of those things where we queue it up and we can watch it together. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll do we'll put it on playback and we'll do a watch yeah. along and everybody there can join is. us and yeah. we'll watch the movie and we'll have breakfast food in, in the uh, violent night folks will be thrilled about that one that that sounds like a plan sounds like yeah, a plan that's uh, never going to happen <laughs> <laughs> we went so far off the rails yeah well, what is this show about again i don't know probably <laughs> basketball or something like that let's let's finish with this uh the bulls reportedly not looking to trade zach levine the bulls are the team that have come up in multiple discussions as far as the team to watch, right? Because right now we know yep. there's not that many sellers out there on the trade market. You've got your handful of teams that are tanking. A lot of other teams feel like they could very well be in the mix. And for good reason, we've talked about the, the play in tournament and the way that has kind of changed the way teams are looking at themselves. Um, but the Bulls are a team that, that opposing teams are looking at saying they could flip the switch and say, that's it. We're not going to get it done this year. Let's try to sell off some players and pick up some future assets. But according to the latest report, it's that they're not going to put Zach Levine out there on the trade market. They want to keep him. 
uh, for the time being. Yeah, and I I get it, right? Like I I fully understand that for from the the, the bull side. You know why would you? He's you know one of your better players, so you know, and they're they're not so far out of it. They're they're ten and fourteen. You know they're they're only what they're two and a half games out of fourth in the East because it's still so early. But there are signs of they're just not playing well like they're mm-hmm. unless it's against the celtics then they they turn into you know the jordan bulls the um, ghost of rondo yeah something like that so <laughs> they uh it, it turns into you know for the bulls this year i think is that they are this next month is going to tell us a lot right let's get to the first of the year see where we're at and then maybe you do make a pivot to all right we, we should move now here's the challenge i think i brought this up when there was the whole stuff about vooch and DeRozan to the mm-hmm. lakers and all that stuff is the bulls can't just fully bottom out because one they're probably too far away from fully catching up to to a top uh uh three grouping there in the the flattened lottery odds but they need to be in the um top, top four. four to keep their own picks so if even if you're fourth that's scary because mm-hmm. it only takes one team jumping you and then now all of a sudden you're giving orlando the fifth pick and that's that's not where you want to be so unless they feel really confident we can get all the way down but even then flattened lottery odds could push you down to three and a team jump just from that part of it then a team jumps in and now you're pushed for another team jumps and now all of a sudden again it's five even if you had one of the worst records and we do on occasion see two teams make that jump up into that top four grouping so the bulls are i don't think we're going to see them bottom it out now the other challenge is let's say they did that even this year that's fine. But then, then that pick just rolls over to next year with only top three protection on it. So that's, that's the little bit of a sticking point for Chicago. They're really not set up to be in a spot to really tank this year or next year, just because they're not really in position to do that because of that pick. They owe the magic. What they think they'd like to do is let's play out this year, see where it's at, deliver that pick, get that obligation off our hands. It's gone now. It's gone off off to the magic. Um, and then we can reset everything and go from there. But then the challenge becomes, then they owe a top, uh, it starts out top top 10 protected, then slides to eight for a couple years to the Spurs from the DeRozan sign and trade. Right. So it's it's just, the, the Bulls are, they, they're just not set up in position to really bottom this thing out over the next few years because of those picks they owe. Yeah, if you if you burn it all down this year and then you still get and then you give up like the fifth pick or something, like not only are you subjecting your fan base to watching terrible basketball for yeah. the remainder of the year, and already it's been, you know, it's been tough. Um, but then you get the gut punch of you don't even get that silver lining of, of your draft pick, and that could be yeah. a very real possibility. Now I the- will say one thing with that, sorry, yeah. is you better be then selling them on, but we got two first round picks and these two young players yes. and we traded DeRozan and Vucevic on top of it and got you know, X, Y, and Z for that. And, you know, we're, yes, we, we've got this mess that we got to figure out with the magic and the Spurs, but now to replace those picks, we have all these other picks coming in and we you know, restocked our young talent. You, you would have to fully tear it down. You cannot hit a soft reset. You would have to really bottom it out and say, Hey, what's gone is sunk cost, but we can start to replace those assets with, with other stuff, which is kind of what the nets did yeah. as they were rebuilding things back up was like, Hey, get start moving away. Some of these pieces to bring in other stuff so we can start to rebuild our asset base. Well, and now for next year though, top 10, if you go into the summer with the idea, we're going to tear this down. 
I'd feel pretty comfortable that you would be get two within years. The top two five. years. That'd be top. Yeah, that would be 2025 is when it switches over to time. So it's very confusing. So I'll, let, let me lay it out just to okay. make sure everybody gets it. It's one to four this year. They keep it or five to 30 goes to the magic. That doesn't happen next season. That rolls over one to three. The bulls keep it four to 30. The magic get it. Then if they deliver the pick to the magic Let's this season, here. 2023, mm -hmm. 2025 jumps to the Spurs. Got and it. then it starts that sliding process from year, year to year with that. So it's, it, it's messy because, because there's all these conditions on the Spurs of if they deliver a pick by X date to, to, right. to Orlando, then the Spurs can get it this year. So it just gets messy because you have to do that because of the stepping rule. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f***ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. That, yeah, that, that makes sense. So you yeah. could bottom things out, get a high draft pick, but then again, you have the issue of you got to, if you want to keep Zach Levine, you can't really do this because that's not going to make Zach Levine happy. No. Yeah. If you bottom out the team around him and then you're yeah. a lottery team. Yeah. That's not going to work. Yeah. You, you would have to, like I said, you'd have to completely blow it up fully move everything and just start over as best you can uh, with, you know, picks and young players from other teams or, or just write it out with what you get. I, I don't think you can uh, pu push all the way in that direction. I think that's where they'll go. I, I, I think they'll start to play enough better that they'll feel good about, all right, let's go with this. Maybe we get Lonzo back, you know, maybe first of the year ish, maybe shortly thereafter. Now all of a sudden, you know, we're starting to be the roster we envisioned and we can move forward in that direction. Yeah. Yep. Which again brings us back to who's actually going to be selling on yeah. on the trade market? It doesn't seem like there's a lot of teams out there that are, but again, that can shift very quickly as we get closer and closer. Well, the bad free. bad teams only have like one or two vets to That's even it. sell, right? Like like Orlando doesn't really have anybody. Maybe Gary Harris if they wanted to. Uh, Detroit they they don't really have you know many veterans. I think that people would jump at maybe Alec Burks who's played pretty well for them. Houston's got Eric Gordon. Spurs have Jakob Pertl, but for the most part, those teams are built around you know really good young players. So I just don't know who we're going to see them start to to sell off there. I think the most interesting team, if they wanted to, would be the Hornets, yep. right? Because they, they've got a whole bunch of guys who I think could be really interesting to a lot of different contenders because they could really fill holes and plug in and you know whether it's starters or really good bench depth or whatever it is, they've got a bunch of different guys they, they could move on from. Really take that thing down to LaMelo Ball and not much else and starting over with maybe him and hopefully Wambanyama. And all of a sudden, all right, well, that's a future we can build around. Mm -hmm. A ton of cap flexibility and everything else. So I've got my eye on Charlotte big time. I actually think there's a, a big opportunity here if you're a team that's in a position to be a seller here. Because, I mean, simple 
economics, right? If there's, you know, demand is high, you've got a lot of teams, look at the West, you look at how many teams feel like, hey, we're a piece away or whatever. So demand is high and supply is low. What's going to happen to price? It's going up. I think you yeah. can get some good deals if you are, are selling this year. Yeah, it's, it's, do you beat everyone to the market and kind of set the market or do you hold out knowing someone's going to get desperate and mm -hmm. then, all right, you know, all right, we'll give you two firsts instead of you know one first or whatever it is for, for the players you're trying to move. But yeah, it's, it's, it, it is going to be kind of a fun trade deadline to watch, but it's, it's, it, I know too, I said it's two months, it's going to be here before we know it, but thankfully it's two months. Like we've still got another whole month of let's see where teams fall out. Yep. Then that'll start to set who's going to be sellers at the market, at the deadline. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, everybody, make sure you are subscribing right here to the NBA front office show on YouTube. Go find the NBA clips channel as well. You can find that in our description down below. Make sure you're subscribing there. And tell us if you like waffles, pancakes, or uh, French toast. Yeah. yeah, let us know. Let how us would know. how would you rank it? Yeah. Mine personally goes pancakes, French toast, waffles. Keith goes French uh, French toast, waffles, pancakes. Let us know. Are we crazy? Give us your ranking. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.